Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edit Talk for the Itty Walk podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Good morning. Welcome back. Well, we just finished up a series on prayer, and I wasn't sure where to go next. It was Monday, and Sunday was coming. Well, Tuesday, I got a phone call from someone here at church. They were reading some scripture that really scared them. We're going to read that scripture this morning. It's Luke chapter 13, verses 22 to 30. This person said, Pastor, I read this and I don't know if I'm going to heaven. And I had to reassure them, yes, you are. (laughs) Jesus isn't talking about you in this passage. And you'll see in a moment who he's talking about. Oh, it's, it's God's desire that anyone who would repent and turn to him would so they could go to heaven. He sent Jesus to die for the world. Because who does God love? The world. But Jesus does talk straight. He doesn't sugarcoat it. That's Jesus' style. He tells it like it is. He's pretty clear. Now some might argue, well, sometimes the way Jesus talks is confusing. It is, but His Holy Spirit helps clarify things. And I think as you spend some time with me in Luke chapter 13, I think you'll see what Jesus was really talking about here. Luke chapter 13, let's read verses 22 to 30 together. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow gate, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, You will stand outside knocking and and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, We ate and we drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. But you yourselves thrown out. 
People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those indeed there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. God, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for your word every day. But especially this morning, Lord, how great it is to be together again, to sing your praises together, to pray together, and now to be in your word together. I pray that as I preach your word that you just give me clarity of thought and speech and may the truths of your word be drawn out by the Holy Spirit and applied to our hearts. Lord, may we allow your word to do the work in our lives that it, only it can do. And God, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We don't know who this someone was, but it kind of seems like this someone was really trying to put Jesus on the spot. As someone asked, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? If Jesus said, yep, just a few, but didn't give an explanation, that's, that's not a good answer. What kind of God would do that? In fact, after they heard Jesus' answer, they might have thought, what's he talking about? What? what? People who, 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 knew, who knew the Lord, they're not, they're not there. But Jesus, Jesus was pretty clear on the words he used. The first thing he does in response to this guy's question, I guess it could have been a gal, most likely a guy. This someone... The very first thing Jesus does is admonish everyone around to make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Not that it's by their works that they're going to be saved, but sometimes relationship takes effort, doesn't it? You might be thinking, not sometimes, all the time. Relationship takes effort. You know, one of the great things, if there could be a great thing about the quarantine, is that Laura and I have been able to take an early morning walk almost every day. And while we walk, we talk, then we get back to the house, and you know what she does? She makes me eggs. Isn't that sweet? Now imagine if the only time I walked and talked with Laura was when I wanted eggs. Or if I would ask for eggs without walking and talking with her. It'd be, it'd be different now, wouldn't it? Jesus is saying, make every effort in the relationship. But he goes a little further. He says, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. How? How do we get through the narrow door? Well, first of all, we have to follow Him to get to the narrow door. 
this, this scripture might have reminded you of John chapter 10 where Jesus says, I am the gates, or I think King James Version says, I am the true door. And every man must enter through me. Remember, if you don't enter through the true door, it's a trap door. But he says, follow me. It's verse, verse, verse 24. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door. I don't want us to miss the word picture that Jesus has given us. He wants us to enter through the narrow door. Now, if I'm loaded up with my backpack of my stuff that I like... Baggage from the past to hold on to. All my past mistakes I like to waller in. Or how about that sin I still like to dabble with? Guess what? I'm not going to get through that door. And who made a way through the narrow door? Who takes all of our sin? Who takes all of our baggage? Who made a way so we could get in? Jesus. And we make the effort by following Him. And following Him takes effort. It's not always easy, is it? There's a great, great account that Luke records in, in Acts chapter 14... Paul and Barnabas have returned to Antioch. You know where the, the Christians were first called Christians? Antioch. And they return there and they preach the good news in the city there and they won a large number of disciples. And then they returned to uh, Lystra and Iconium and Antioch. And they, they were there to strengthen the disciples and encourage them to remain true to the faith. Why would they encourage them to remain true to the faith if there were not a risk? To fall away. They were there to encourage them to encourage them to remain true to the faith. And when they were doing that, they said this in Acts chapter 14, verse 22. He said, Barnabas probably said it too. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. They said. They said that, and then they prayed and fasted together. Jesus knew what he's about to go through. Jesus knew that his disciples who would follow him would suffer like he suffered. And you know, sometimes hardships can derail us. Sometimes it makes it easy for us to lose our faith. Jesus says, make every effort. This relationship is going to take your effort. It's just not, I said a prayer, I'm in. Cha-ching, heaven, baby. It's deeper than that. We have to be diligent in our walk. I like how the writer of Hebrews puts it. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11, the writer of Hebrews says this, 
and kind of explaining why he's writing. He says, We want each of you to show this diligence to the very end. Through the whole race, finish strong. In order to make your hope sure. This helps, doesn't it? Being together. Yes, I hope. I hope that when we were not together, it was a time where the Lord continued to strengthen your relationship with Him. And now I hope we come through this stronger together because we're stronger individually. And we know there's a world in need of Jesus. People who truly know Him, and He truly knows. You see, that's the key in this. We follow Him to the entrance, to the narrow gate. And we don't just follow Him out of obligation or because we want something. We follow Him because we want to. We follow Him for the right reason, because we love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Sometimes... People just use Jesus when He's good for them or when they need something. He's like a Jesus genie. But that's not what He's really like. That's not why He died on a cross. How do we know people like to use Jesus to their advantage? Because that's the kind of people Jesus says are not going to be in the kingdom. He's pretty clear about it. Luke, Luke chapter 13, verse 24, Jesus says, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter it and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I do not know you. Or where you come from. Then you will say, We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, you evildoers. See, the evildoers were users. I've been called a user once. Now, I don't want you to think, uh-oh, I'm going to call 911. Livingston County Sheriff, our pastor just said he's a user. No, not that kind of user. There's not a meth lab in the Ferguson basement. No worries. No, I was in the fourth grade, and I had a girlfriend. She gave me a gold necklace. Because that was cool back in the late 80s. 
Remember, guys, the gold necklaces? It wasn't like Mr. T gold, but just one, you know, gold necklace. The NBA college guys used to wear and play in basketball, and she gave me a gold necklace, and I broke up with her. And I remember the other kids calling me a user. You just used her to get a necklace. That wasn't the case. I didn't like her anymore. I kept the necklace. I just didn't like her. You're a user. Uh, No, no, that's not it. Now, if I did do it for that reason, uh, went out with her in the fourth grade just to get a necklace, then I would have been a user. (laughs) There are people who use Jesus. It's a tale as old as time. I'll never forget what my mother-in-law first told me. At a, she wasn't my mother-in-law yet. It was the first time I met her. We were at a pizza hut in Mount Vernon, Ohio, spring of 1999. And she gave me good advice. Laura had some apartment mates at the time who were not nice people. Well, they were nice, but then they, they kind of took advantage of their relationship with her. Anyway, she told me, my, my mother-in-law, hi, Judy. <laughs> I just wanted to see if she turned as red as Laura. Yeah. (laughs) She said, the faces change, but the people never do. And we see that. In Acts chapter 19, hey, things are going pretty well for Paul. The Holy Spirit's really working through him. And if you read Acts chapter 19, verse 11, we read about the extraordinary things that the Lord is doing through Paul. It says this, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick And their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. Boy, that's powerful, isn't it? How can I make money off that? Verse verse 13. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Do you see how they're using the name of Jesus for their benefit? They would like to have that power. I mean, what could they do with that power? Where could they go? They... Cha-ching! They would say, In the name of Jesus... Whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, this is one on seven, jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. It's not a good idea to try and use Jesus, is it? 
Man, I wish I wrote it down because if you have, if you have that that uh, uh, month of June, write a scripture a day calendar devotional that Joyce Gifford shared. Uh, one of the verses in the last couple of days talked about how those who are prideful and use God for gain will always pay in the end. I mean, that's the NFV, Nathaniel Ferguson version. I can't remember the exact quote, but that's what it basically said. And that's how it basically works. And that's basically what Jesus is saying in Luke chapter 3. These guys said, we, 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 we knew you, we preached you, we ate, we, we drank with you. What's going on? How come we're left out? Jesus didn't know them. They didn't really have a relationship with him. He wasn't their number one priority. What they could get from him was. And that's not what it's about. That's not what we make every effort towards. Yes, we gain the world when we receive Jesus. We gain eternal life. But we don't do it for our gain. We do it because of our love for Him. What He did for us on the cross. All that He does for us now. All that He has for us in the future. We do it because we walk and talk in relationship with Him. So church, make every effort to follow Jesus to the very end. No, it's not our efforts that get us saved. It's His work on the cross. But because of His work on the cross, we live for Him, not for ourselves. That's why we don't use Him. We walk in relationship with Him for the right reasons. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Holy Spirit, I thank You for Your presence in us and among us. And right now, Spirit, I just want to take a moment for us to have a moment with you to respond to your word. What are you saying to me through your word this morning? Lord, I confess that sometimes it's easy to get slack in my relationship with you. Sometimes the things just get so busy. But Lord, I need you. We need you. This world needs you. So God, forgive us. And help us as we make every effort to enter through the narrow gate. Lord, thank you for forgiving us our sins. Thank you for forgiving us our past. Thank you for the future and the plans that you have for us.
Lord, strengthen us as your people. Strengthen our families. Strengthen your church here. Strengthen the other churches that are getting together this morning. Strengthen your church around the world in these times. That's our petition, Lord, our cry. Lord, may your Holy Spirit regularly check our hearts. I prayed it earlier. I want to pray it again, Lord. Uh, May we be in the habit of praying if there's any offensive way in me. Cleanse, cleanse me, Lord. Help me, help us be more and more like you every day. God, I thank you for your church. I thank you for how you, you love us. And I pray that you continue to bless us in the days ahead as we, your people, do your work. May all that we do glorify you. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.